Now we're going to turn in our Bibles tonight to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 10. And we're going to take a few minutes to read the entirety of the chapter. So if you have your Bible, turn to Daniel 10 and follow with me. The words will also come up on the screen, but we encourage all who are watching online to get their own copy of the Bible and not only to see the words, but hear them as well. Let's hear the word of the Lord. Daniel chapter 10, verse 1, reading, of course, as we've said often from the authorized version. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true. But the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing, and had understanding of the vision. In those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the fourth and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hiddekel, then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Uphaz. His body also was like the beryl, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet heard I the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep in my face, and my face toward the ground. And behold, an hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, Understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand, and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words." But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. 
And when he had spoken such words unto me, I set my face toward the ground, and I became dumb. And behold, one like the similitude of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spake, and said unto him that stood before me, O my Lord, by the visions my sorrows are turned upon me, and I have retained no strength. For how can the servant of this my Lord talk with this my Lord? For as for me, straightway there remain no strength in me, neither is there breath left in me. Then there came again and touched me one like the appearance of a man, and he strengthened me and said, O man greatly beloved, fear not, peace be unto thee, be strong, yea, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. Then said he, Knowest thou wherefore I am come unto thee? And now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia? And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come? But I will show thee that which is noted in the scriptures of truth. And there is none that holdeth with me in these things, but Michael, your prince. Amen. We know the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now, my text tonight is taken from Daniel chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. And my theme this evening is entitled, Daniel's Vision of the long war. In Daniel chapter 10, we discover the unfolding of what many have called Daniel's final vision. And you're saying, but wait a minute, there's two more chapters, chapter 11 and chapter 12. Well, could I encourage you to uh, regard chapters 10, 11, and 12 as forming one unit. You have to view them and understand them as forming one unit. So from the verse uh, 1 of chapter 10 with the first word in, right through to chapter 11, you've got the word also. And then in chapter 12, you've got the word and at that time. You've got to understand that that all forms one unit. These three chapters have to be viewed together. Um, so from chapter 10, verse 1, to the end of chapter 12, that really forms the whole of this uh, final vision. And this final vision could be summarized in this way, the great spiritual battle of the ages. Now, we'll come back to that. But, but tonight, as we focus on the opening part of Daniel chapter 10, I want us to try and give us an introduction to what I'm calling the long war. Because in Daniel chapter 10, verse 1, as I'll show you, you have the introduction to this long war. If you notice verse 1, that's written in the third person, Daniel writes as if he's in the background, as if he's instructing somebody else to pen the words. And then you come to chapter 10, verse 2, and he writes in the first person, In those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. 
Now, there's many, of course, challenging and complex details here throughout the chapter. And I've asked myself the question, well, how are we to understand this? How are we to interpret this? And, of course, we want to let the Bible speak tonight. If you look at chapter 10 and in verse 21, um, Daniel was told, but I will show thee that which is noted in the scriptures of truth. That is one of the great um, titles that's given to the Bible. So what do we call the Bible? Well, we call the Bible the scriptures of truth. So we want to let the Bible speak tonight. As we think of Daniel's vision of the long war, I want you to think, first of all, of the revelation of the long war. You see, if you look at chapter 10, verse 1, you've got the revelation of the long war that was applied to Daniel. I want you to understand tonight, Daniel's an old man now. He's about 90 years of age. What's he telling us? In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar, and the thing was true. But the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing, and had understanding of the vision. Now, I want you to notice here the consideration. A thing was revealed to Daniel. What thing? Well, you see, if you've got a margin in your Bible, the word thing that's mentioned three times, the marginal rendition is a word or, or a spiritual matter. Daniel calls it in verse 1, the vision. So there was something uncovered, something unveiled to Daniel's heart and mind, something that was like a word, something that was a spiritual matter, and God gave Daniel understanding in that word and that certain matter. Notice the certainty here. If you look again at the text, and the thing was true. Substitute the word thing for the word word. This was a true word. It's sure it's concrete. There's nothing uncertain about it. There's nothing obscure. It's true in all its parts. It's true in all its details. Notice the clarity here. And he understood the thing. Again, take out the word thing and put the word word in because that's the literal rendition in the Hebrew. Had understanding of the vision. You see, it was stamped in his heart and mind. Daniel was shown it by God. Daniel laid hold upon it. Daniel took it seriously to himself. This impacted Daniel. This affected him. Now, move beyond the consideration. Move beyond the certainty and the clarity. Note Daniel's conduct here. Verse 2. In those days, that's the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. And we understand the three full weeks, as the margin says, three full weeks of days. So you've got to think of 21 days. And then we're told in verse 4, and in the fourth and twentieth day of the first month. So you've got to think of Daniel getting before the Lord 21 days earlier. 
So on the third day of the month, Daniel's so perplexed by this vision that he sets aside three weeks for prayer, for fasting, for waiting on the Lord. He, he abstains from food. Look, look at what he tells us in verse 3. I ate no pleasant bread. That is, he abstained from buns and cakes and stuff. Neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. So he ate no meat. He drank no wine. Neither did I anoint myself at all. So he, he didn't put any uh, ointments or deodorant on his body, if I put it that way. Till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now I want you to think of this. Daniel is so perplexed by this vision that he sets aside three whole weeks for prayer and fasting and waiting on the Lord. Now think of this. He's a man now who's 90 years of age. And at 90 years of age, what does he do? He gives himself to prayer. See, remember we first met Daniel as a teenager. What age was he when he went to Babylon? About 17 or 18 years of age. The 70 years of captivity are now over. Babylon has fallen. The Babylonian Empire is no more. The Medes and Persians are now in power. In fact, if you compare Scripture with Scripture, go back to Daniel chapter 1 and look with me at verse 21. What did Daniel tell us? And Daniel continued even unto the first year of King Cyrus. Now that's a fact. Daniel was alive and well. Daniel, as an old man, was involved in political life and political office even until the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia. And now it's the third year. Isn't that significant? See, Daniel is an old man, is moved to go to the Lord in prayer. And he's fasting, he's praying, he's mourning. Think of this, folks. An old man's desire for prayer hasn't diminished. He prays for three whole weeks. It says, whose name was Belteshazzar, verse 1. That's his Babylonian name. Well, why did he use his Babylonian name? Babylon is gone. Nebuchadnezzar is no more. His son, Belshazzar, well, he's dead as well. And, and, and why is he using the name that he was given and known in Babylon? I believe it was to let us know that Daniel hasn't changed. I believe that is to let us know that Daniel's saying, I'm still the same man given the passage of time. I, I'm the same man as what I was when I was a teenager because as a teenager I gave myself to prayer. I'm the very same person you met in chapter 1. And despite having a pagan name imposed upon me, it didn't change me. I, Daniel, am still the same. And all these years he's maintained this testimony. Daniel as a teenager began life in Babylon bathed in prayer. Daniel in his middle years continued to pray. And here he is now as an old man at the end of his life, 90 years of age. You're wondering how I get 90? He went to Babylon whenever he was 17 or 18. He's already spent 70 years there, do the mass, 
Cyrus came to power in the first year of his reign, and it's now the third year. So he has to be nearly 90 years of age. And at 90 years of age, he gave himself to prayer. And could I say tonight, and I want you to listen to me carefully, do you know what Northern Ireland needs? Do you know what the Free Presbyterian Church needs? It needs people who will give themselves to prayer. We have a serious crisis. We have a serious spiritual problem in the land of Northern Ireland. And we need those who will stand like David and say, as he said in Psalm 109 verse 4, For my love, they were my adversaries, but I gave myself to prayer. And if there ever was a day when we need people to consciously and deliberately give themselves to prayer, it's an our day and an our generation. Has the scriptures of truth and the revelation of God impacted on our hearts and minds that we have deliberately and consciously said, I'm not only going to pray, but I'm going to fast and I'm going to mourn. I'll mourn my sin. I'll mourn the state of the church, the state of the land. I'll mourn the state of my family. And I'll wait on God till God answers me. Now there's the revelation of the long war that was supplied. You're going to say, but I don't see it. Are you saying that tonight? Are you thinking that? Well, well, think of this. The reaction to the long war that was spiritual. You see, I'm going to ask the question. It says in verse 2, in those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Why did Daniel mourn and pray and fast for three whole weeks? Twenty-one days. What was the thing that God revealed? What was the word? As it mentions in verse 1, three times. What was it? Look very carefully at Daniel 10, verse 1. It says, But the time appointed was long. The word long in the margin means great. The time appointed is not three words as we understand them to be in the English. The Hebrew word actually means, literally means, warfare. Or it means army or host. So let's put that together. The warfare was great. Or the army was great. Or the host was great. You see, Daniel was showing something. A word from the Lord. A spiritual matter that greatly disturbed him. Something that moved and motivated Daniel to pray. Not just for one day. Not for seven days. But for 21 days. Crying out to God. Let me tell you what he saw. Daniel saw a long drawn out battle. A battle that was for centuries to come. We could literally call it the battle of the ages. Or as I'm calling it, the long war. And I want you to understand it's a great spiritual warfare. And it impacted primarily upon the Jewish people, upon the great city of Jerusalem, upon the land of Israel. And it stretches right forward in time to the great period known as the time of Jacob's trouble, the great tribulation, and, and, and Antichrist coming, and all that he brings in its wake. 
It's really a battle between God and the devil. It's a battle between light and darkness. It's a battle between the forces of hell and the forces of heaven. A battle between Christ and Belial. A warfare that's unseen. It's going on tonight and you can't see it. Neither can I. A warfare that's spiritual and we're not actually aware of it. And this warfare's low. And I want to tell you tonight, this warfare is great. And it was this vision of this spiritual warfare that God set before Daniel's eyes that greatly disturbed him. Because in his day, this spiritual war was already raging. Can I say tonight, evil in the world is not an abstract thing. Young people, it's not even the stuff of science fiction. It's nothing to do with Star Wars. Evil has an intelligent, conscious source in this world. You see, not only do I believe as a minister of the gospel in the total depravity of the sinner before God, whose will is depraved and understanding darkened and affections diseased, but I also believe tonight, now listen to me carefully, in a personal devil who has a whole army of demons under his charge. Now look with me at chapter 10, verse 13. I want you to understand this. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. Now that's nothing to do with Cyrus or Darius the Mede. This is a reference not to a man, but to an evil, wicked demon sent by the devil to use his power to influence the kingdom of Persia the spread of, we'll call it, anti-Christian Christianity in Persia. Come to chapter 10, verse 20. It mentions there, but now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come. Again, not a reference to a man. This was 200 years later. Do you understand tonight that there's the prince of Rome? Do you know there's a prince for China? And a prince for Japan? And a prince for Germany? Prince for France? Do you know there's a prince for the United States of America? Do you know there's a prince for the Republic of Ireland? Do you know there's a prince for the United Kingdom? And I ask myself, is there a special prince for Ulster? who's here actively engaging in a, 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 a spearheading an attack on the Christ of God and the Word of God and the Gospel of God and the saints of God and the cause of God. Because I want to tell you, the demon sends, the devil sends forth these demons to oppose all that has to do with God and his cause in the world. Why is there no peace in this world? Why is this world and its history examined? Why has it always been full of wars? Do you know those wars have the very fingerprints of the devil all over them? The footprints of the devil upon them? Well, why is this world so anti-Semitic? Well, why, why did men like Hitler come to the fore and Stalin and, and Saddam Hussein and, and, and Pol Pot and the like? Why is this world bent in evil and sin and wickedness? 
you know why? Because the devil hates man that's made in the image of God. And the devil hates the children of God. And this entire world tonight, oh, that we could grasp this. And this is what affected Daniel. The warfare's great, thinking about Israel and Jerusalem and the Jewish people and the impact on the Gentile world. The entire world is in one spiritual battleground tonight. And we're in the middle of it. I know that we can be given a glimpse into the demonic forces at work in our world, working through um, kings and queens and leaders and politicians to bring an end to the great truths of God and the gospel. And even Daniel, when he gave himself to prayer for three whole weeks, and one was sent to help Daniel, That one that was sent to help Daniel was opposed by satanic opposition. The prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed him from coming to help Daniel. That's what the book says, folks. Look at chapter 10, verse 13. Take into the context, verse 12. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before God, before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the Kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. Do you see what he's saying? Remember the context. The third year of Cyrus, king of Persia. It was in the first year that Cyrus issued the decree for the Jews to go back to their land and rebuild the temple. 50,000 out of the thousands that were in Babylon returned. Look with me at Ezra chapter 1. Ezra chapter 1. What do we read there? Something very interesting. In Ezra 1, we read, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying. And of course, the charge was in verse 2 of Ezra chapter 1, to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. And then the, the interesting thing is that the Lord was at work here. The Lord stirred up the heart of, of Cyrus. And now it's in the third year. Two years later, since that decree has been issued, and Daniel knows that only 50,000 have went back. But could I tell you something? The building works in trouble. Why? And we have had experience of trouble in relation to the building work in our own church. Why? Because the devil was at work behind the scenes. And the devil here was at work in Judah, uh, stirring the people of the land to pose the, the building of the house of God. How do I know that? Well, you come to Ezra chapter 4 and look with me at verses 4 and 5. It says, Then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in the building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. And in the reign of Ahasuerus, In the beginning of his reign, wrote they unto him an accusation against the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem. Do you see that? 
from the first day of Cyrus to his last day, even in the days of Darius the Mede and in the days of King Ahasuerus, there, there, there was forces at work opposing the building of the house of God. There was a physical dimension to that uh, opposition. We realized they hired counselors, but I want you to understand between the, the hired counselors behind them, there was a demonic spiritual dimension to that battle. And isn't that a pointer and a reminder to the great battle between God and the devil? Between truth and error, light and darkness, Christ and Belial. And what do we read when we come to the New Testament, folks? Well, let's read our Bible. Turn over there to Ephesians chapter 6. I'll not read it all. Ephesians chapter 6, just read from verse 10 right through to verse 12. Ephesians 6 verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. What purpose? That you may be, may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Notice verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities. Against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Oh, that we could grasp that we're in a spiritual war. And, and, and that we could see by faith something of these unseen powers. And we could see the devil with his network of demons behind the scenes. Being so operative and influential in human history. These supernatural, spiritual, wicked beings. Active in all their opposition to oppose Christ. And the work of Christ and the spread of the gospel. Is it any wonder Daniel gave himself to prayer for three weeks when he grasped that? I want you to think not only of the revelation of the long war and the reaction to the long war, but I want you to think of something else. The Redeemer that is seen in the long war. If you go back to chapter 10 there, look with me at verse 4. And in the fourth and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hiddekel. Now, the 24th day of the first month, well, that's interesting. See, this is the Jewish New Year. Do you know when the Jewish New Year begins? It begins with Yom Kippur, the Day of the Atonement. That's in the month of October. We celebrated that last year in the land of Israel. We were there for the Day of Atonement. And here's Daniel. And it was during that month, the first month, the new beginning of the year that he gave himself to wait upon God in light of this um, warfare that was great, that was going to be long, that was shown to him, this spiritual war. And Daniel's walking by the river, which is called Hiddekel. Now, where is that, or what does that mean? Well, the word Hiddekel is just another name for the Tigris. And it's 60 miles west of the Euphrates, and the Euphrates run right through the great city of Babylon. And Daniel, we're told, has spent three weeks in prayer. He's mourned, he's fasted, he's ate no pleasant bread, he's drank no wine, he hasn't anointed his body with spices. And now, after that three-week period, he's out for a walk. He's maybe been asking himself, well, why has my prayers not been answered? And who does he meet in that walk? Who does he see? Could I put it to you tonight? When you look at verse 5 and 6, he met the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Here's a pre-incarnate vision of Christ. Look at verse 5. Then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man 
clothed in linen. Now, now, now we'll pause there. A certain man. Again, if you look at the margin, the margin of the Bible here is tremendous because the Hebrew is one man. It's as if one man is identified and singled out from all the rest of the men. One who's unparalleled. One who's unique. One man who makes all the difference. Here's Daniel, discouraged and depressed and disappointed. And he lifts up his eyes and he looks on the one man. And, and the one man that comes to meet with Daniel is the one man that really matters. Because that one man is the God man. And if you read this vision was given to Daniel by the Tigris. And you compare it with Revelation chapter 1, verses 12 right through to verse 17, which I'm not going to read for you. You'll read there very, very similar language. And I believe that the Lord Jesus not only revealed himself to Daniel, but he was the same Lord Jesus Christ, only not in a pre-incarnate way, in in a post-resurrection way. Revealing himself unto John. You see, the Lord comes into focus here in light of this great battle. This great battle is going to take on a a new meaning now. Daniel's battling in prayer. And from the first day that he opened his mouth to pray, he was heard. That's what he's told here. He's told by this individual who comes to speak to him. Thy words were heard. And when were they heard from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God? Thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. Isn't that tremendous? Daniel's praying for three full weeks about a particular matter, and he's thinking, has God heard me? I've received no help. I haven't got an answer yet. The answer didn't come at once. Why was there no answer? Well, the answer was delayed because of demonic forces that were at work. And the Lord comes and tells Daniel, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me these 21 days. Daniel, I want you to understand, even I was being hindered by the prince of the kingdom of Persia. I was being opposed by an evil, wicked spirit. An evil, wicked spirit was resisting the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, if he can attempt to hinder the Lord Jesus Christ in person, then surely he could hinder any or all of the people of God. Remember, we're in a spiritual war. Let's not forget this. A long spiritual warfare has been launched. And it's directed against the Lord and his people. And yet... Jesus Christ in a pre-incarnate vision as the God-man comes to Daniel. I believe in, in light of the ground of atonement. Remember, it's the first month, the, the, the month where Yom Kippur is celebrated, the day of atonement. And he's saying to Daniel, I'm going to come and fight for my own cause. And Daniel, no demon in hell will stop me or oppose me. Oh, let's feel the grace of that. Let's feel the force of that in our heart and mind. Daniel, I believe, was given a glorious vision of the Son of God himself, the second person of the Holy Trinity. If you look at the vision, it says, And behold, a certain man clothed in linen. We'll pause there. There's the purity of Christ. Doesn't linen stand for purity? Fine white linen, garments of the priesthood. Fine white linen of the angels. The fine white linen, which is the righteousness of the saints, is all symbolic of purity. 
He saw not only the purity of Christ, but he saw something of the glory of Christ. It says, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Uphas. Isn't that tremendous? What does that mean? It means he wore a belt. And, 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 and that belt was, was a fine gold of Uphas. Here's the real person being revealed. The glory of Christ in the fullness of his deity. What was his body like? It says his body was also like the beryl. Oh, I, I, I had time to explain that. It has to do with the beauty of Christ. Like a transparent flashing jewel, a rare jewel, a jewel of beauty and breathtaking. He sees something of the radiance of Christ. It says his face as the lightning, as the appearance of lightning. He sees the scrutiny of Christ here and his eyes as lamps of fire. He sees something of the ministry of Christ, his feet like in colour to polished brass. He sees the authority of Christ and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. He's coming to administer judgment. He's coming to administer justice on behalf of his people. And Daniel fell before him. And only Daniel saw this glimpse of Christ. It was, as I've said, a pre-incarnate vision of Christ. He came as a man who can't be defeated. He came as the one man to whom the devil has no power over. And the betrayal of this one man, Daniel got his eyes on him. He got his eyes on the Redeemer. And he realized that he's glorious. He's invincible. A vision of majesty. A vision of the uniqueness of the Lord's person. And Daniel was affected by it. And you know, that's what we need to see. We need to look up and see him. We need to get our eyes in Christ. We need to regain our focus and recognize who he really is. The men with Daniel were terrified. They didn't see this vision. They fled like they did in Acts 9 when the Lord Jesus met Daniel or met Paul on the road to Damascus. It's like that happening all over again. It's a natural response of natural men to flee from Christ. But Daniel was left alone. Daniel got this great vision. And even though he had no strength in himself and he was overwhelmed and fell into a deep, deep sleep to the ground, he was overcome with the words and the voice of his words. There's the Redeemer that's seen in this long war. And one final thought. I want you to think of the remedy in the long war. If you come with me to chapter uh, 10 again and verse 10. And behold, an hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palm of my hands. Come right down to verse 16. And behold, one like the similitude of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spake. And then in verse 18, there came again and touched me, one like the appearance of a man. And he strengthened me. Daniel was touched by the Lord. He was made to see by the Lord. He was granted skill and wisdom by the Lord. He received strength from the Lord. He received ability to speak and witness for the Lord. He, he was able to supplicate God's throne because he, he's been encouraged here to pray on and pray through 
Daniel, the answer was not denied. It was only delayed. Thy prayer was heard. And here's a reason why your prayer wasn't answered in the first day. It was hindered by Satan. Forces at work. Do you know that prayer can be hindered by your sinfulness? If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Can we be hindered by selfishness? We can pray and ask amiss for we want to consume it on our loss. It can be uh, hindered by stinginess because we're um, being greedy and it's all to do with ourself. We can be hindered because of strife in the home at 1 Peter 3 and 7. But we can also be hindered by satanic forces at work. And who can withstand that? None but Christ. And he, and he touched Daniel. Could I tell you something else in closing for our time is gone? He talked with Daniel. It's as if the Lord Jesus is saying to Daniel, I'm going to lead this battle before my people. And I want you to understand, Daniel, look at verse 14. Now am I come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days. For yet the vision is for many days. See, he wants Daniel to understand the great battle of the ages. What's going to happen to the Jewish people from his time right up to the end of time? What's going to happen in Jerusalem? What's going to happen to Israel in the future? There's a battle going on tonight for the Jewish people. There's a battle going on because of anti-Semitism in the world. And this battle is going on and will continue to go on right up until the days of Antichrist and the time of the Great Tribulation and, and, and the, the, the breaking of the covenant that the Antichrist makes with many nations or, or just the Jewish nation. You see, here's something interesting. You're not going to be able to shut the Jews out of the Bible. You're not going to be able to shut out the purposes of God out of the Bible. We thought of this last week. Let me say this as we finish. Do you know what we need the Lord to do? We need the Lord to revive our hearts. We need the Lord to stir us up to pray. We need the Lord to come and give us understanding in this great spiritual battle. Do you know that we live in a day when the Christ of God is opposed? Wasn't he opposed in his birth, his life, his ministry? Uh, what about his death? It was the hands of wicked men that put him to death. Is the word of God not being opposed? Is there not an ongoing battle for the Bible? See, the Bible, folks, is not just an ordinary book. But do you know that the Bible is God's word? And, and there have been attempts to corrupt the Bible. There, there's been attempts to cover the Bible, to hide it from the people, like in the Dark Ages, when Roman Catholicism translated the Bible into Latin, and the people didn't know Latin. And, and therefore they couldn't read or understand the Bible for themselves. And in our day, 18th, 19th, 20th century, we've got those who criticize the Bible. The word of God has been opposed. The people of God are also being opposed. And are we feeling that in our day? The opposition, the, 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 the unseen powers at work. There was one came to help. And we need help. And we need help from the Lord. And we need help from the angels called goodness and mercy and, and, and whatever other help that we can get. Because the devil remembers the accuser of the brethren. We need the Lord to touch us. So that we can be made to see. So we can be strong. So we can speak. So we can supplicate the throne. And we need the Lord to come and talk to us. To give us understanding in these things. To open our mind. 
so that we can grasp how to react in this long war. May the Lord take these few thoughts and bless them to you. Could I encourage you to listen to this message again on the internet if you can. I know it's quite complex and it's difficult to fit everything into one particular message, but we will come back and follow on into chapter 11. And we pray the Lord will help us as we come to a conclusion of Daniel.